When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Welcome to Rewatchability. It's the podcast where we rewatch old movies and see how they hold up today, now, in the Christmas season. Oh, I like how you changed it at the end Yeah, there. that's right. It's seasonal now. We're in December. Yeah. Can't you hear the children singing, the sleigh bells ringing? I think those children are just yelling at us. <laughs> yeah, they... <laughs> I took their ball. <laughs> yeah, okay. Well, you're like the Grinch over there. No, I'm we've more done like the Grinch. Edward Scissorhands. Like, I just destroy things when I try to touch them. <laughs> okay, don't touch the mic. <laughs> so, as we do every December, we're going to talk about Christmas movies all fucking month. <laughs> Strap yourself in, Santa. We're going on a ride. You know, at least we're not like the malls that start playing Christmas music right at November 1st. No. Like, we don't start Christmas until December, which I feel is fair. Yeah, that's right. In accord with the Geneva Convention. <laughs> the Geneva Convention on Christmas music? Yeah, well, yeah. I, I, I was thinking Geneva Accord. No. <laughs> I get my conventions and accords mixed up. But it's Christmas, all is forgiven because of the birth of Jesus. And we know <laughs> not everybody out there celebrates Christmas. And we want to say, like, whatever way that you celebrate with your family and your loved ones, we're here to celebrate with you. By watching just Christmas movies all yeah. December long. Yeah. You can celebrate whatever holiday you want. Uh, we're still cause, – because I don't know of any – I mean, I guess there's some Hanukkah movies out there. There's Eight Crazy Nights. Yeah, that's – you know, that's one that I can think of that's, like, mass-marketed and stuff. But there's no, like, mass-marketed Kwanzaa movie. No. So so we're going to be doing Christmas movies all, all month long. That's right. And we're going to start with perhaps the most Christmassy movie. <laughs> Is it? <laughs> yeah, I mean, you could argue that. Are you going to argue that? <laughs> Maybe. Okay, I'll Probably argue not. against you. Yeah. Edward Scissorhands, the mm-hmm. 1990 film directed by Tim Burton. Yeah. From a script written by Carolyn Thompson. 
Yeah, she wrote a lot of his movies, and I, I yeah, yeah, we and a lot of them. movies in general. She also wrote The Adams Family, which we talked about. We just talked about in October for Halloween. Yeah, anything sort of creepy and morbid, she got sort of thrown. But she also did like Black Beauty. They thought it was creepy by the title. <laughs> Turns out it was just like a very meaningful yeah. experience for all of us. Yeah, she just wrote like the first draft of Black Swan. They're like, no, it's about a horse. <laughs> like you gotta make it about a horse. And the Secret Garden. Oh. Originally, there was fucking bodies. That was the secret. <laughs> that was the secret. But then, you know, Hollywood, they, you yeah. know, if you don't have Tim Burton involved, you can't get morbid or, you know. Right. But before we get to that, mm-hmm. we should, first of all, thank our Patreons. Those are the people who give us a little bit of money every month, and that helps us keep the podcast going, helps mm-hmm. us bring this thing to you. We don't have to deliver it down your chimney. Right. You can just put, you know, a toonie or a loonie in Canada. Yeah. Into our stocking every month. And then you get stuff like early delivery of a present. Mm -hmm. That is this podcast. (laughs) This podcast is a gift now, apparently. It's kind of a gift. It's like it's it's the orange that you get at the end of your stocking (laughs) is what this podcast is. Thanks, Grandma. This is this is great. I'll wear this sweater way later. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) You can re-gift that at like a white elephant. And re-gift this podcast by making a donation on Patreon. Yeah, or if you can't make a donation, by telling your friends about it. Yeah, or leaving a review on iTunes. We always say that at the end, but you could do it at the beginning, too. (laughs) Exactly. That'd be great. Yeah. So, Blaine, when was the first time that you saw Edward Scissorhands? Is that his last name? (laughs) Mr. Scissorhands? Scissorhands. Is that like some sort of like Americanized Eastern European? Yeah, it's it's Ukrainian, I think. It was like Scissorskorsky or... Right, and they're just like, just do Scissorhands. Come on, (laughs) look at your hands. Uh, for crying the out thing loud. Was separate. The hand thing was separate. And it was just his last that name. That was the inventor's name, too. Scissorhands. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And then he's like, oh, isn't it interesting that I gave you Scissorhands and my name's Scissorhands and people are probably going to call you Scissorhands? Yeah, this is this is what Frankenstein had to deal with <laughs> the entire time. Well, it's actually Scissorhands Monster. <laughs> it is Scissorhands Monster. I saw this movie a long time ago, just after it first came out. Uh, I think on the video. I don't think I saw it in, in, in theater. And... I, I I loved it. I thought it was a really cool movie. I had seen Tim Burton's Batman, yeah, uh, which is phenomenal. So I kind of like knew about him. I don't think I knew until the title came up, though. I remember that I didn't know that this was like his movie because they they didn't show a lot of Edward Scissorhands in the trailers or anything on TV. Right, they showed a bit. Right, uh, but they didn't show a lot of his full costume. They didn't show a lot. Uh, you, you had a little bit here and there. But you don't get a lot of like the freaky mansion. Yeah, the, so you just see like the pastel. Yeah, the and, Burton like, vibe. The, you don't get the Burton vibe. So I didn't really know. And then yeah, when I think about the story, it's like a classic story, and obviously for a lot of reasons, it's a classic story. Mm-hmm. But even when I saw it, I was like, oh, this is a this is a solid movie. This is a good movie. Do you remember anything about when you first saw this movie? Yeah, I mean, I think I saw this around the same time as all the other Tim Burton movies. Like, he just had, like, a really strong run there. Yeah, man. And when you, like, I was very much, like, coming aware of movies and the fact that they were made by people that, you know, there were actors and directors behind them. So for me, and I think I said this perhaps on the Mars Attacks podcast Mm -hmm. or one of the other ones, like, Tim Burton was the director for me. Yeah, yeah. You know, he was, like, the first person who, like, I could see, like, with a career arc. Right, you know? right, right, yeah. He was making movies and you would follow his movies. When they when a movie of his would come out, you'd be like, oh, that's him? Yeah. I'm going to go see that. Yeah. Unlike and me. He also has, like, such a unique sort of style.
scale, right? Like, you yeah. know, it's like, you know, one third Halloween, one third Christmas. Yeah. And then just like one third pale fucking loser. <laughs> <laughs> like Edward Gorey thrown in. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. But I mean, like, I identified with that, you know? Yeah. Well, and I think like as, as we grew up into being like 13 and 14 year old boys where you just feel outcast from everything, even yeah. though you aren't, he really, he hits home for for that age for sure yeah yeah so i saw this movie i think on the movie network like when i was very young or something i always loved it i thought the character of edward scissorhands was so cool and iconic and like he was so much better than some of the other ones that copied the dark aesthetic like i feel like the crow and things like that with like those guys all took like the leather and belts look and the pale face and you know just did a just did a shabby job of it yeah, well, also, like, you can see that it all makes sense in this movie. It's not just a style thing. Like, even the robots that are created in this movie to, like, make the assembly line are created like Edward Scissor. Like, it all makes sense. For sure. Uh, the, the design. So Yeah, so I love this movie. Yeah. I didn't rewatch it, I think, ever. I know. Me too. I don't think I've, I've rewatched it since I first saw it. Yeah, and I think I have a pretty good idea of Tim Burton as an artist. Like, he is somebody who did some good work, became very creatively stagnant in a way. Mm-hmm. And maybe there's some glimmers in some of his more recent movies. I haven't seen them. I've sort of lost interest. And I'm probably not in that place where I need yeah. that, like, mix of horror and whimsy, right. you know. But I can't remember my point. Well, he lost his way and so did you. He lost his way and so did I. <laughs> so I wanted to come back and see if I could find my way through <laughs> wow. this movie. Well, no, this Good is an recovery. unappreciated, maybe sort of like, they don't people don't talk about it a lot. Like, as much no. as his other movies, as much as Beetlejuice. Yeah, even the Batmans. Like, the Batmans. Well, because Batman is such an iconic character, I guess. But I think he's he's created in Edward Scissorhands, like, an iconic character that we all talk about. Like, Alien, like Freddy Krueger, like, all those things. Yeah. Right? So I, I, I see what you're saying, that it might be, like, not as appreciated as it should be. But... We'll discuss whether it should be appreciated that much mm-hmm. uh, when we when we run this down. It, I should say this is also Tim Burton has said this is his most personal film. Yeah, well, no fucking kidding. On <laughs> <laughs> the little fragile boy on the hill. <laughs> yeah, he he drew he first drew this when he was 15 years old. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, I mean, one thing that in mentioning Carolyn Thompson mm-hmm. is like I think. It's sort of interesting to view this as not Tim Burton's movie, to sort of like reinstitute her authorship over the narrative because she wrote the script. Yes. And she, yes. you know, having written Adam's Family, like another iconic movie. Yeah. No, she's she's amazing. And I didn't like everyone thinks about this as a Tim Burton movie. And I think you're completely right. Yeah. But we should kind of, you know, big up her and see what she's doing in this movie right, sure. writing wise, because I think she takes an idea that he had at 15 and she makes it. So emotional. Yeah. But let's talk about Edward Scissorhands. Yes, Edward Scissorhands. Johnny Depp, Winona Ryder. Mm-hmm. Diane Weist. Diane Weist. She's so great. Alan Arkin. Yeah. Who's so funny in this movie. It's an amazing cast. It's a it's a stellar cast. And there's so many other castings that could have happened mm-hmm. uh, that would have completely ruined this movie. And oh, then yeah. one particular casting that I think would have made this movie ten times better. I oh, think I know which one you're talking about. Yeah, but we'll talk about What's... that after the after the break, after we take a break halfway through. So for sure. stick around for that. So it sort of starts with a bedtime story. Yeah, yeah. Told by... Columbo. 
It's little Fred Savage. No, it's told by uh, Winona Ryder who had stayed in the, the bath way too long. What? We don't know that. No. We don't know who it is. Oh, we know. Listeners, it is just an old lady. Could be Diane Weist. Could be another person. Now, she's reading from a story that still has the price tag on it. So we know that it's been shoplifted. Blaine. It was her. Blaine. What? That was like 15 years ago. Give it a break. A woman <laughs> makes one mistake and she'll never live it down. What? It's just a woman. Men, weird... meanwhile, Johnny Depp. Oh, well, well we can talk about that. But, but no. It's... Yes, scissors for hands. <laughs> it's just a funny one because I think she might have some money. That's all I'm saying. Okay. Anyway, so an old lady telling a young girl a story. This yeah. young girl is kind of frightened because the old lady looks like she has pounds of makeup on. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah. It is a horrific visage. Yeah. <laughs> she looks like she was created by Stan Winston. So, uh... <laughs> But this little girl asked her grandma, Grandma? <laughs> yes, little girl? Why does it snow? <laughs> oh, God. She's like, oh. oh, I don't want to go through the whole water table with you. <laughs> Jesus. So I'm going to make up a crazy story about a man with scissors for hands. Yeah, you should be educating your children in science. <laughs> I know. This is the problem. This is why there aren't more women in STEM. <laughs> oh, I think that's going to be – I think it's going to be solved soon. <laughs> you know, hopefully, hopefully. But she kind of talks about a mechanical man. So maybe that little girl grows up to, you know, to create uh, that's true. the robots that will enslave us all. That's true. I yeah. hope so. <laughs> I hope so. But – she tells a story. She says it all starts with scissors. Yeah. <laughs> this man has scissor hands. And she goes, oh, he has hand scissors? And she goes, no, scissor hands. Like, like, <laughs> I'll cut a, you. <laughs> yeah. Like, there's a distinction. Put down the scissor, Grandma. <laughs> Why is it snowing, Grandma? Where does it come from? Oh, that's a long story, sweetheart. I want to hear. Oh, not tonight. Go to sleep. I'm not sleepy. Tell me, please. Well, all right. Let's see. I guess it would have to start with scissors. Scissors? Well, there are all kinds of scissors. And and once, there was even a man who had scissors for hands. Yeah, I feel like this is just one of those like old sunsetting things for this old woman, and she's just seeing objects around her, right? And just making up a story like it's. Uh, oh yeah, like when my grandpa was like starting to pass away, he would be like, "The foxes, Ruby. The foxes will get in the chicken coop." <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> get the foxes! Stab them with the scissors! Whoa, whoa, hey! <laughs> and then he told us this wonderful story. <laughs> But she doesn't explain the scissors right away. First, no. she's like, okay, first is a whole bunch of Amway shit. <laughs> Kid, you know about Amway? Oh, my God. Okay. Buckle up. <laughs> it's a pyramid scheme <laughs> involving makeup. Yeah. But so Diane Weiss, I think her name – is her name Peg? I think so. Peg Bog. She is an Amway <laughs> sales lady. Yeah. It was a company in the 80s who like basically targeted housewives, sort of selling them on the idea of making their own money and starting their own business. Yeah, it's but, like the Tupperware salesman. They did that with Tupperware too. Yeah. But so she's going from house to house to all of her neighbors to try to sell these makeup products. First lady has never bought anything. The second lady, she's basically interrupted this like her trying to seduce the dishwasher 
repairman. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the third lady made her house out of bricks. Yeah. And so <laughs> so she couldn't no. come in at all. Yeah. Which is really nice. No, I think it's a pretty good way of, of introducing the kind of characters in this town. For sure. I, I think it gives us like a real sort of sense of like this community and like – we basically see all the same model of house, and they're all painted one of four pastel colors. <laughs> yeah. yeah, apparently this is kind of the, the neighborhood that Tim Burton grew up in. But when he went back to, I think it was Burbank, California, mm-hmm. he saw that everything had changed so much. All game so much. show studios. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Price yeah. it right for miles. <laughs> Just Bob Barker picking up cats with, with – he had scissors in his hands too. <laughs> he was spading and neutering them. So they they filmed it in Florida. Oh. And they had to paint all the houses these like <laughs> awful. I think the the person that was painting them the set deck was like I picked the most disgusting colors like snot green and like tepid blue and puke orange. But stuff. it doesn't seem unrealistic. Like I feel no. like that is a very realistic sort of California color scheme. Yeah, it is. It's very like 50s and everyone in this is dressed very 50s and then they say things like I got a CD player. Like, I have a four-head mm-hmm. VCR. So it's very weird. Like, I feel like this is kind of almost out of time. Like, it's a weird... I think I see what you're saying, but I do definitely see, like, the 80s look to everything. Like, all the women have, like, this 80s oh, sort of housewife look. Hair, yeah. But I do think that Tim Burton idealizes the 50s as the time he grew up. And so it's, definitely. like, the source of all his campiness, for sure. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And but, so she... And so then we... When she goes to this kind of crazy house on the hill, which yeah. is, which is you know, one of those Tim Burton-esque things. It, it suddenly looks like a Tim Burton movie all of a sudden. Yeah, it's like one hell of a cul-de-sac when it leads up to this fucking haunted mansion. Yeah. It's like, what were the developers thinking? They're just like, ah, oh, we'll just leave this <laughs> gate here. This is well. called Haunted Mansion Gates, by the way, <laughs> yeah, this exactly. development. Oh, it sounds so lovely. The developers from Poltergeist were like, nah, we're not going to touch this place. It's, it's just fun. the name. The gate fell down. <laughs> so she goes on up into the house because she has to make a sale yeah. because that's what they, they pressure you to make your sales every month. It's, it's a horrible, it's a horrible system. You sound like you have some experience do you want to share your Amway uh, uh, testimonial? You know what? It wasn't Amway, but I was one of those people that were like, hey, do you have a minute for sick kids on the street? Yes. Uh, it was the worst job. And you had to like make a quota every month or else they'd fire you. Yeah, I didn't make the quota. I like worked did for you, two weeks. Did you work there? I yeah, I did. I did. And like on my last so many day, years. Okay. on my last day, I was really stressed out. I knew I was going to get fired if I didn't make any. Yeah. And like a kind doctor from the United States actually said, oh, actually, I would love to donate because this means a lot to me and it's a really personal thing. So thank you. I would love to donate a whole bunch of money, you know, like 100 bucks or something like that. And I was like, oh, yes, thank you. Like, finally, this is going to save me and I'll be able to pay my rent and I won't have to, like, move out instead of paying my rent next month. (laughs) Oh, God. But then they fired me. <laughs> they were like, yeah, you didn't make PAC, so uh can't hire you. Like, basically, they made you work without hiring you. It was fucked. Fuck that, them. Fuck Amway. That, that's awful. Yeah. I got, I, Fuck I, sick kids. I just, no, just no. Just get better. <laughs> the hospital is You're great. You're not trying hard enough. But there's this weird thing where the I think the government of Ontario a long time ago, like, made them put some of their money, like, charitable donations, like, get them through another company. They had to, like, outsource that. They yeah, just it's a through. private company. Like, yeah. it's, not the, it's not the hospital that does no. this. It's the company that and, raises it. And you need to give, like, almost $300 before they pay their overhead. So just give to the person 
that you want to give to. Give to Humane Society directly or whatever. And did I mention we have a Patreon? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I'm sorry that you got fired. I got the cops called on me oh my so God. many times because we were using You're like – You're just like Edward Scissorhands. <laughs> I also had someone attack me with a stick. Like it was the worst job I it's had. Because of your scissor hands. It was, it was because of my scissor hands. They had to attack me with rock just to beat me. Which is that joke is used a lot in this movie. But they call it scissor rock, scissor sheet stone. Sh- scissor sheet stone. Yeah, that's weird. That's like an that's like a southern thing. It's no wonder Tim Burton had no friends. <laughs> so do you want to play scissor sheet stone? Fuck you, Tim Burton. <laughs> Call it rock, paper, scissors. Like everyone else. Eccentric, weirdo. Fall in line, man. <laughs> well. Yeah. But anyway, so she goes <laughs> up to this mansion, this fucking, you know, very like German expressionism, like cabinet it's, of Dr. Kilgary. Yeah, it's very. It's, it's <laughs> very. Kilgary, what'd he ever do? <laughs> but it's it's creepy. It's very. There's lots of Poor like. Gary. Inventions. And she goes all the way to the fucking attic. Yeah. And finds a creepy. Johnny Depp. <laughs> and this Johnny Depp isn't creepy because of everything he's done since this movie. He's no. creepy because he has scissor hands. Yeah, and he's doing like a Charlie Chaplin impression. Yeah. And he has like scars over his face. Because he itches. Okay? <laughs> Come on. It's hard out there when you have scissor hands. <laughs> exactly. Just use the back of your hand. Sometimes I do that with my fingernails. <laughs> I need to buy a oh quality nail clipper. Yeah, that's how John Locke got his scar. He was, <laughs> he was in Lost. Yeah, so I love her character so much because she's, she's... Not the philosopher. Not the, not the philosopher. <laughs> they got his scars from John Stuart Mill. No, I love this character so much because she is so bubbly and so positive and so mm-hmm. persistent that mm-hmm. you believe that she... It's such like a mom thing to do, to bring home some weirdo. Sometimes <laughs> he's your new stepdad. <laughs> Sometimes he's just sleeping in your sister's room for a couple weeks. So she brings him home. Yeah, I mean, this is very nice of Diane Weiss. But she brings him home to Alan Arkin. And Alan Arkin doesn't have a problem with this at all. The young brother doesn't really have a problem. The young brother thinks it's really cool because he has knives for hands, basically. Well, Alan Arkin's unfazed because he's just like the well-worn sort of husband. He's just like, oh, yes, okay. (laughs) It's it's so funny because – and maybe this is is the writer speaking through, but Edward Scissorhands is supposed to be this like mechanical – thing that goes through life and is, you know, right. an automaton. But the husband is really the mechanical person. Oh. In the, in, oh, because he's, he just he does what he's programmed to do. Everyone yeah. just says, hey, you do this. And he's like, all right, I'm doing it. And he's he goes and programmed to be a bowling champion. <laughs> yeah. Which they never really bring up. Like, she introduces her husband as a bowling champion. <laughs> well, no, because Winona Ryder later says, let's all go bowling. And then Diane Weiss is like, no, because she knows... Edward can't, and I think it's kind of like a fun, I like get that. like a little a little heartwarming moment where Diane Weiss is like, "No, I don't want to shame Edward." It's so funny. Come on, you know that that scene was written. Practically, this whole movie is let's watch this guy who can't do things try to do things <laughs> and injure people <laughs> and himself along the way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. Well, I mean, like she tries to get him some clothes. He can't even get into the clothes. No. You know, he like tears them all up and suddenly he's looking pretty hip. <laughs> he is very influential in his fashion. Couture? Yeah. Is that a word? 
<laughs> Don't know what it means. He's so chic. He's you know? so chic. He's walking down the runways of Milan. <laughs> but she puts him in her daughter's room, Winona Ryder. Yeah, that's right. And I remember Winona Ryder being there from the start. That's right. And I think it's such an interesting writerly thing that she did by by making Winona come back from like a camping trip. Yeah. Uh, early to discover uh, Edward and also not be around where the family really gels and the community really gels with, with Edward Scissorhands. Yeah. It's a really interesting choice to make. Yeah. And I think it really helps to define the relationship between the two mm-hmm. and to like as the movie – Not make it awful. And not make it awful. And I think as the movie goes on, it's a, it's a really cool thing that she does where she makes Winona Ryder kind of get on his side whereas the town – at the same time, it has an inverse reaction to him. Yeah. Uh, so that's a really, like, cool, I don't know, right? That is thing really she does. cool. Yeah. Yeah. But he, like, we know that he's going to fall for her. It's oh. already, because he sees a picture yeah. of her, and he's like, they start playing the fucking love theme music, you know? Yeah. And he carves Somewhere with the scissors. In a... <laughs> no, that's Home Alone. It's John yeah. Williams. That's John Williams. But no, he, he takes the scissors and he, and he tattoos himself. With Winona forever, right there, then and there. <laughs> That's a beautiful thing. Yeah. You're going to have to, you know, scrape a bit off. Well, but, uh, yeah, he'll never regret that decision. You know, you know. Uh, <laughs> they were together during this movie. They were together. That's something that I had forgotten while I started watching this movie, yeah. is that they were an item. Yeah. And that they were together during this movie. And in fact... They, will, they were all over Tiger Beat. <laughs> Johnny Depp actually convinced Winona Ryder to do this movie oh. because she was originally scheduled to do... Godfather 3. And guess who they replaced her with? Sofia Coppola. Wow. So Johnny Depp made Sofia Coppola's career. Johnny Depp ruined Godfather 3. <laughs> and thus the whole Godfather franchise. Wow. All right. And uh, thus cinema in general. Thanks a lot, Johnny Depp. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Johnny Depp. Yeah. What have you done? But that's... Besides the point that Tim Burton had already worked with Winona Ryder in Beetlejuice. Yeah, I think he was very comfortable working with Winona. He didn't want to work with Johnny Depp at first. Yeah. But we'll get to that. We'll, we'll, we'll. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So all the fucking neighbors, <laughs> by which I mean the neighbor ladies, they – first of all, they're like – they see her driving home and they, you know, are all – Oh, there's something up. They're curious. Well, there's a man in the car with her. Not a, a man. Not her husband. Is that Robert Smith from The Cure? <laughs> well, who else could it be? He's pale and he has that hair. Is that the kid from Powder? <laughs> no. That kid had no hair. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. The kid had no But all the women start sort of coming around and yeah. they are attracted to this man with the horrific scissor hands. <laughs> They're like, I want to feel those scissor hands on my body. Yeah, well, the, the one woman in particular. Hi! You all are hiding in there like a bunch of old hermit crabs. Hi, Joyce. Hi. <laughs> Shame on you keeping your unusual guest all to yourself. We think that's mighty selfish of you. No, it, it, things have just been a little hectic around well, here. That that's is so all. sweet of you to want to correct the situation. What time does the barbecue begin? Barbecue? Well, you intend to show your guest hospitality by introducing him to your friends, don't you? I'll bring coleslaw. Oh, I'll bring I'll her her and I will bring the ambrosia salad. Oh. <laughs> what time was it that you said? Oh, what time? Uh, Bill? About five. Isn't that the wife from Picket Fences? I think so. Well, this is this was her kind of. She really wanted to do a comedy. 
Yeah. And so she thought this was like an out-and-out comedy when she signed on. She, no, I think a lot of people didn't understand this script. And a lot of people have said that they didn't understand the script and then they saw the movie and they were like, oh, I should have done that movie. <laughs> but so they all like sort of invite themselves to like a barbecue and, yeah. you know. That's what you do in the suburbs. Yeah. You, you, you kill animals and cook meat. Yes. Yeah. And it is a great thing. Some <laughs> things should not be besmirched, Blaine. <laughs> All right, all right. But he's embraced by the community, which is something that I forgot as well. I thought everyone was, would be really uneasy with him when I watched this again. Yeah. Because he's a weirdo. He is a weirdo. In this very, like, undiverse town where everyone looks the same. Everyone's white. Everyone. Hey, they have a black cop. Yeah, that doesn't live there. Yeah. <laughs> no, he's not allowed. <laughs> they have this little thing called segregation. Oh, People with hands for scissors or scissors for hands, that's okay. <laughs> oh, the 50s. That are the 80s as well? I think it's, I think it's the 80s. But anyway. It's like one it's, of those It's not like, a very diverse throwback. time, whatever it is. But they, they all embrace him. They all kind of like well, pat him on the back. And... Well, we forget – don't forget that he has skills. He like, does have skills. Despite every time that he touches something, he destroys it. <laughs> He's actually very talented with mm-hmm. his hands, scissors. Right. So right. he does all these bushes. Uh, sorry, that's a bit too soon for a, for a bush joke. Let me just take a moment. <laughs> oh, God. Uh, he does this topiary. <laughs> <laughs> Right. Which is, you know, and that's sort of one of the things that Diane Weiss sees when she sort of ventures closer into the mansion the first time. Like, yeah, it's a big, scary mansion, but there's like this beautiful topiary. Yeah. And so, you know, it sort of prompts her to venture further. Yeah. I think. And, and it's, it's almost like an Arrested Development episode because there's like the hand chair in the back. Yeah. <laughs> with like what like Edward wants most of all is just <laughs> this one hand that he's carved. It's like the centerpiece. I find that sad as well. <laughs> it's, everything in this movie, if you really think about it, is the saddest thing ever. Yeah. It really rubs in him not having any hands. <laughs> I know. It's Alan like, Ar- why can't you just make a movie about a guy who just happens to have scissors for hands and has a normal life has like other problems like maybe his business is failing you know (laughs) or maybe he's having trouble communicating with his spouse yeah maybe he can't get a bank loan no wait that's this movie (laughs) again oh my god first he does the topiary then he moves on to dogs natural order of things yeah and then he starts giving women asymmetrical university professor haircuts Oh, it's so true. No, the, he starts turning them into the Who's from Whoville. Like, it also, as well, there's crazy haircuts that are all over the place, much like his. So he he cuts their hair. There's a there's a really, I mean, sexual moment between yeah. him and the redhead woman, where she, oh man, the knives on her on her Ooh. head is just the most sexual thing. Her toes curl. Yeah, um, and she's like, it's yeah, it's uncomfortable. It's 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 uncomfortable. It's hilarious. Yeah. Uh, it is. It is a thing that I think, if a man was writing the screenplay, it would have never been written, or it would have been written horribly. Well, that's one of the things that, like, I sort of think may or may not change depending on who you think is the author of 
this movie. I mean, yes. it's a collaboration, and every yeah. you know, really, whatever meaning you take is whatever meaning you take, despite whoever made it. But yeah, I mean, I think I, I picture her writing it and being like, "This is hilarious," and then Tim Burton having to direct it, being like the most awkward guy, and just being like, "Can can you or orgasm more?" Okay, uh, and then like going back behind the camera and, and crying. So like, Sorry, um, can you explain this to me one more time? So. Uh, she's a woman and she has a sexuality and enjoys sex. <laughs> well, I'm sure he knows that. I'm Are you sure. kidding? He has scissor hands. <laughs> no, I was talking That's about the t- metaphor. <laughs> Why wasn't he the editor on his they film? They like this? They like when you touch them? I thought they just got cut. <laughs> Well, I mean, I think he the, – the writer said that he was the most intelligent, articulate person that couldn't string together a sentence she'd ever met. Right. And she worked with him a lot more. So I feel like he was able to talk to women on on multiple levels. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, we know at know. least he spoke to Helena Bonham Carter once. <laughs> That's true. That's true. And and he was able hey, to work with Helena the, Bonham the writer. <laughs> Put on this ape mask. <laughs> The eight max. Oh Jesus, that movie. Anyway, she is really into Edward Scissorhands. Yeah, and she basically experience. tries to seduce him in the back of her salon that she's procured for him to, you know, open yeah. his hair business. The chair sort of like goes back too far, and then he like you know makes a break for it. Yeah, it was know? it was like a little steamy that back yeah. room scene, and a little rapey. I think too, <laughs> definitely that. Like, but like. I don't know. Like as a kid, I don't remember. Like maybe I saw it on TV or something. But there's a state of undress to, to that scene. Oh yeah, and you know, yeah. Honestly, she was looking pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but she's she's a little terrifying. Hello, mom from Picket Fences. <laughs> Hello. That explains a lot of my fantasies, actually. <laughs> <laughs> Most of them have to do with picket fences. <laughs> oh, Joe McRaney comes in. <laughs> Is that why you're that part-time business painting fences? Uh, I, I, I thought it was so innocent. Uh, oh, God. All those people you've taken advantage of. But that's no. when things sort of start to turn against Edward Scissorhands. Well, because she gets so upset because she's been... You know, smited or she yeah. uh, spurned, spurned. Yeah, there we go. Smited, like he, <laughs> like he's Zeus or something. So she, she kind of, she's not, she's not into him so much anymore. Yeah, and that's when things start start turning. But, but also, there's other factors too. It's not all on this person. There's also Winona Ryder's boyfriend. Yes, SNL one seasoner Anthony Michael Hall. That's all he's known for. Well, <laughs> also. <laughs> The uh, Canadian-produced Dead Zone TV series. Mm. Don't forget that, which I think probably had some good points. I, I can't remember. I can't remember too much about it. Yeah, I, I never saw it. He's like, he's a bit of a badass. He's the Anthony scary Michael jockey Hall. boyfriend, and like, I remember him as a little kid, just lost in Chicago, <laughs> trying, trying to, trying to get into trouble in Chicago, and and now he's, he, you know, he's a little, he's a little buff. He's a little. Angry. Well, I think he was like 26 when he, they made this movie. They're supposed to be in high school, but they're all like oh, know, yeah. in their 30s. Yeah, for sure. I mean, like he's already had like several failures in his career <laughs> before this moment. Yeah, and rebounds. I should say rebounds. Yeah, and he I pl- like Anthony Michael Hall. I think he's cool. 
All right. I mean, I think he does like an okay job in this movie. He doesn't have a lot of character in this movie, obviously. He's yeah. just kind of the, the, the bad boyfriend. Well, that's not his fault. This is Tim Burton writing his oppression on the wall, you know. Yo. Oh, the jocks that were mean to me, they had all the pretty girls, and I liked them because I saw their pictures once, and well, that was true love, and they don't appreciate them. He, he said his whole character was the, the high school revenge fantasy yeah. that he had, uh, that he wrote into this, or that he like wanted to be in this movie. It's pretty transparent. It is pretty transparent. And no no wonder, because he's like a pretty two-dimensional character, and I think a lot of the other characters have like some substance and some like actual character to them. Like the Diane Weist could be just the mom, but she's so bubbly and so positive that she's more than that. Now Alan Arkin could ju- could just be a dad, but he's just like sarcastic. Yeah, and- weird like, you know, robot dude. So I think like there's more character to most of the other characters than this boyfriend. But we sh- we should talk about Winona Ryder and yeah. her kind of interaction with Johnny Depp, which we will do after the break. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. We're back. It's rewatchability. We're talking about... A Christmas movie. <laughs> like, barely a Christmas movie. No! It's totally a Christmas movie. It just happens to take place in California where it doesn't really snow. But that is the whole thesis of this movie. Why does it snow in this one place in California? All right. Right? Yeah. It's it's about scissors and hands. It's about scissors and hands. Yeah. So we were just about to talk about the relationship between Winona Ryder and Johnny Depp. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm sure they had a great relationship. Oh, in the movie. Yeah. Oh, okay. Because okay. she comes home from camp like 40 minutes into the movie from yeah. camping, not from I camping. I know. It's it's insane. And she comes home and she doesn't, you know, there's no cell phone. So she hasn't got a text from her mom. Oh, by the way, there's a creepy dude with scissors for hands sleeping in your water bed. Right. So she comes home. She gets into a state of undress as well. Mm-hmm. A little bit of steaminess in this movie that I don't remember as a kid. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You think I would as a kid? I, I was didn't... prepubescent. Yeah, me too, I guess. If I'd remembered that when I was 12, oh man, I would have rewatched <laughs> this movie over and over again. It would have been so rewatchable. Oh, God. Oh, we're hideous. I'm talking about for picket fences. We're hideous creatures. We're hideous creatures as young boys. But yeah, and so she freaks out. And so she doesn't have the nicest, the most empathetic, the most welcoming reaction to no. Mr. Scissorhands. Well, and it's a great introduction because he freaks out and the, hits the waterbed a bunch of times. Yeah. And so it's just. Uh... But wait a minute. I thought that he already poked the waterbed and he just put fucking a stuffed animal over yeah, it. Yeah, he put like that stuffed pinata looking thing over that it. That doesn't work. It doesn't? I, no, my mom had a waterbed and I <laughs> definitely oh, did you? broke it. Oh, no. What, what happened? Did you like go on it with scissors? What'd you do? 
I think I may have intentionally stabbed it with Whoa. scissors or a pen or something. Whoa, getting back at the mom when you were younger. All no, right. I, I just think I wanted to see what would happen. <laughs> if there were, like, any fish inside? It was really a science experiment. <laughs> but yeah. this is no science. How mad was your mom that she, she went home really mad. and didn't have a mattress, just had, like, a plastic bag to sleep on? Just a giant plastic bag. <laughs> yeah. That's horrible. Well, waterbeds were such like a weird and unnecessary invention. They're horrible for your back. Yeah, like it just doesn't seem plausible. Like <laughs> it's going to spring a leak at some point. At no point is this a good idea. You're, it's like the sort of Damocles hanging over you. <laughs> You're like, am I going to wake up wet tonight? <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. That's. I mean, that that could happen. You know, without a waterbed sometimes. For some of us. For some, for some, for some people, that's all Yeah, and, you know. For for some young boys. I Adult diapers are all the rage. <laughs> They're cool now. I think, like, Charlize Theron models them. Oh, that's cool. No, I'm kidding. That, no, I mean, that would be a great... That would be great. Ad. Can you imagine being the the, the, the Depends guy walking I into like work? I'd be in control. <laughs> <laughs> the Depends guy walking into work and being like, guys, guess who I got? Like, who? I nabbed Charlie's there on. They're like, no, no. <laughs> yeah, from Monster. <laughs> Weird thing, she's going to do it as Eileen Wormos. <laughs> Why would she do this? <laughs> just looking hideous on the screen. <laughs> just, she just looking for an opportunity to reprise the role. Just, and and just, help women who have bladder control problems. <laughs> Just staring at the screen so horrifically that that people on the, watching get scared. I killed four men. And <laughs> they deserved it. I'd do it again. And also, I just wet myself. Like that's her. No, that's not how the commercial goes. She has the confidence <laughs> to yeah, murder four men. Oh god. <laughs> because she doesn't have to worry about, you know. Oh, my God. And it could be with a man, too. You could have Hugh Jackman wearing Depends, too. Do do, do you think for a (laughs) second... I'm the greatest showman in the world, (laughs) but sometimes I piss myself a bit. (laughs) Hey, I'm singing, I'm dancing, I leak a little. I'm like a waterbed. (laughs) (laughs) Just, Just Hugh Jackman with the Wolverine claws on. Ripped. Like his abs are just ripped. Because my abs are so so over overtaxed that I just sometimes pee myself. It happens. It know. happens. When you, you work just on your abs. Your this- bladder involuntarily and you just you know <laughs> That's so silly. Oh my god. Uh um <laughs> So. I don't think I've ever laughed until I've cried in this podcast before. That's stupid. That's... But honestly, do you but think did you wet yourself a little? <laughs> I hope because so. I have a product for that. <laughs> okay. Do Do you think the the advertising team for Depends just one time was like we should get that astronaut? <laughs> <laughs> they yeah. probably were. They probably I mean, had one conversation, and then someone was like, "Bad taste." Chris Hadfield. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! All right. But, yeah, I really like that she is 
not fucking so impressed with him right off the bat. Yeah, she doesn't like him. No. Because he's kind of taken over her family a little bit. Like, he he has become the other sibling. And she's like, who the hell is this guy? Yeah. And she's, like, definitely cold to him, which I think is reasonable considering the circumstances. Yeah. And he is a little too warm to her, too. Like, he's he's staring at her and looking at her. And she, he I think definitely she, is a little bit creepy. Yeah, well, he can't really express himself. Because, no, he doesn't know any boundaries. Like, no. you know, he doesn't a lot talk, of men, unfortunately. <laughs> oh, God. And he doesn't, he doesn't talk much, and his sign language is atrocious. So, <laughs> so he really can't. You uh, may say it's killer. Because <laughs> you can kill somebody with it. Yeah, you definitely, dangerous. you definitely could. Yeah. But so the town all starts slowly like turning on him and things like start to go wrong. Like Anthony Michael Hall, he's like very pissed at his dad because his dad has all this great equipment and stereo stuff and a big screen TV, but won't let him use it. So he concocts this plan because they sort of learn that Edward can unlock doors with his scissor hands. Right. That he will sort of go in, unlock the door, and then they will steal all the stuff and they can sell it and buy a sex van. <laughs> Sounds like a good plan. They already have a sex van. It Not, has lightning on the side. It's Those are flames. <laughs> and that's his friend's sex van. His friend that looks exactly like Anthony Michael Hall. <laughs> the guy who also auditioned for the role and was like, <laughs> fuck. God damn it. <laughs> Hey, Anthony. <laughs> no, I'm good. Yeah, I haven't seen you since uh, Adventures in Babysitting. <laughs> did you get that? I can't remember. I never saw the movie. Did they yeah, make I, it? Yeah, I mean, yeah, it was a good audition, though. I think I did pretty good. So, uh, well, anyway, got the callback. Elizabeth uh, Shue says she uh, liked me the best. But uh, you got it, so that's cool. Oh. That's cool. Uh, I'm going to get drunk right now <laughs> and then drive this car later, which yeah. is awful. But Don't do that. He gets caught in this room. Well, they abandon him when yeah. the alarm goes off and the, the, the room gets locked and he goes to jail. Yeah. And Winona Ryder at this point is like, I didn't want to bring him. I didn't want to do this. And now mm. the poor guy is stuck in there and she starts to have a little bit of sympathy towards the scissor hand man. Yeah. And he keeps on endearing himself to the family. Like at one point, uh, Alan Arkin gives him an ethics lesson. Is like, what do you do when you find a bag full of money? Uh, do you give it to your loved ones? Do you spend it or do you give it to the cops? And he goes, give it to your loved ones. He's like, no, no. It seems like – Yeah, I don't think that's endearing to them. They're like very frustrated. They're yeah, like, but Winona Ryder is like, oh, that makes sense. Like that's who he is. He cares about us. Yeah. Well, this is where the, where the change starts to happen. Mm-hmm. Like, for the most part, the family's still on his side. Yeah. But Winona Ryder is really coming around. Meanwhile, mm-hmm. the town is sort of all going against him. So everyone's sort of turning against Edward and they're all sort of wondering, like, is Diane Weiss still going to have a Christmas party? <laughs> I mean, that was on the tip of my mind the entire time. I was like, this, this is really going to fuck up their Christmas party. Like, they have a bowl full of eggnog. Because they do it every year. You know, yes. she plans. She plans starting in June. I'm sure she took the pictures for the invites in June. Yeah. And then no one shows up. Yeah. So, like, everyone's sort of like, oh, well, it wouldn't be right to have the Christmas party under these circumstances. Well, everyone thinks that Edward Scissorhands tried to uh, sexually assault the the woman in the the back room. Yeah, that's right. When it was the other way around. Yeah. From that stuff. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It's problem. Yeah. (laughs) So Edward Scissorhands is carving this, like, ice angel in the back. Yeah, this is like the iconic scene from the whole movie. Yeah, like I think like Winona Ryder sees like snow outside the window, yeah. and then she goes out and she's like, 
Dancing in the Snow. Yeah. She goes, Tay in the Wind. <laughs> no, no, that's a different movie. But she's she's enjoying herself. Yeah. And Edward is working on the thing. And she kind of not only falls in love with Edward, but what he can do, the magic that he provides because he's different. Mm-hmm. And she kind of falls in love with his differences at that point. His creativity, mm-hmm. if you will. Yeah. His Tim Burtonness. <laughs> If you yeah. want. If, if you should need us. Um, if you will. <laughs> please. And so. Somebody love me. <laughs> but then Anthony Michael Hall sees that down the street that she's like pirouetting in the snow. And he goes, hey. And that distracts Edward. And he turns around violently flinging his knife hands. Yeah. And cuts her in the hand. going to stop you. They're scissor hands. Oh, sorry. I'm so sorry. It's a common mistake. Yeah. I should have known from yeah. the from the title of this movie. Hey! <laughs> now you've done it. It's just a scratch, Jim. Really, it's okay. Stay back. No, okay. Hey, touch again and I'll kill you. No, it's no big deal. It's just... Call just... doctor. He's skewered, kid. No way. It's Stay away from her, okay? I mean it. You can't touch anything without destroying it. Who the hell do you think you're even hanging around here anyway, huh? And that sets off like a whole like chain of events. He like runs away. Yeah. Everybody goes out looking. <laughs> I love when he runs away. Him. Alan Arkin's like, hey, Edward, wh- where are you going? <laughs> he's just like so like he heard everything down below but he's so like running on fumes anyway and he wreaks havoc upon the neighborhood he like slices off the leg of one of the topiaries yeah you're you're really avoiding the bush stuff right now we can talk about it you know he was uh, a monster <laughs> in yeah, a lot he, of ways he, he did a lot of horrible things and but I'm sure he was a nice person and a good p- person. Wasn't he people. friends with Michelle or is that the other one? Which one died? <laughs> it was the older one. Oh, the older one. <laughs> yeah. Oh. They're, they're, they're both, you know, kind of probably war criminals. Had somebody checked on Dana Carvey? <laughs> anyway. I mean, it's not easy being president of the United States. Yeah, I don't know. I feel like you have to make some hard decisions, but probably shouldn't get into wars. But that's just... That's that's not that's not what this podcast is about. So he cuts her. He runs away. He starts tearing down his own stuff. The the town turns against yeah, him. Yeah, and the lady's going to call the cops because he like snipped his own sculpture. Yeah, yeah. That is maintenance. Banksy did that, and it's just <laughs> it's now more art apparently. That's so right. come on. Uh, the rest Banksy. <laughs> I mean, I think they're trying. <laughs> it's a lot of graffiti. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. But I like the cop. I like the cop character a lot because he he asked he asked like the psychiatrist. He's like, "Is he going to be fine?" The psychiatrist has this like really funny exchange where he's like, "He has not been in society. He doesn't know how to interact. He doesn't know about love." He's like, but is he going to be all right out there? Oh, yeah. He's going to be fine. Yeah, that's funny. Yeah, it was pretty funny. But I like that the, the cop is like, I'm going to worry about you, man. You're going to keep me up. So, like, keep your chin up out there. It was, like, mm. so touching and so nice. Yeah. Yeah. He was a very, like, human character. Yeah. And he tries to help him in the end because all these people kind of come with their pitchforks out of their house. No, you're thinking of another movie. Oh, OK. Sorry. Frank and Weenie. Frank, <laughs> yep. <laughs> Probably. I don't know. I didn't yeah. See and then Edward Scissorhand goes into their dreams to kill them. Is that <laughs> that's the, that's the one? Okay. No, that's another Johnny oh, Depp movie. Okay. <laughs> right? Yeah. So Anthony Michael Hall gets his clone to drive drunk, and he almost kills one of Ryder's little brother. And Edward Scissorhands saves him, but also scratches him up. Yeah. 
in the midst and then tries to like help him but he's just cutting him yeah it gets very confusing yeah and every all the townspeople come and they're like ah <laughs> right yeah, and yeah. Winona's like run run Forrest run <laughs> I mean run scissor hands <laughs> and, uh, and so all these special people running <laughs> these exceptional people that's what they do they're exceptionally good runners too yeah, and he, like, runs back to the creepy old house where he yeah. used to live. And the cop that kind of has a shine to him, he, like, he takes his gun, fires it in the air, and he's like, you know, keep on running, <laughs> Mr. Scissorhands. <laughs> um, and, uh... Keep on running! <laughs> I'm gonna miss your haircuts! <laughs> I'm gonna miss your mustache trimmings! What is this? What is this? So he retreats to the mansion and Winona goes after him and also Anthony Michael Hall goes after her. Yeah. And I he don't... has a gun. <laughs> I don't remember this at all from when I first watched it. No, me neither. He fucking murders Anthony Michael Hall. He, he, I mean, Anthony Michael Hall is trying to kill him, but then he kind of kicks Winona away and Edward Scissorhand shoves his hand Ian to Anthony Michael Hall. I think it's just a finger. <laughs> it's like that scene from, from Indiana Jones 2 where he like reaches in and grabs his heart. Yeah, it's pretty brutal. Malika. He like goes in for it. He fingers Anthony Michael Hall pretty hard. Right. Nope. Right, right in the belly forced. button. It was forced. a bit forced. <laughs> but yeah, no, that was – I remembered that – Somebody got scissored. Oh, really? I didn't remember at all because I was like, why would you do that to this character? Well, it was why sort of Why would you like, make him murder a man? It was sort of strange because it is like a tonal shift from the movie. Like, yeah. I, no one gets seriously hurt. But on the other hand, like, it is sort of self-defense. Yeah. Like, Anthony Michael Hall's character is, like, beating him with some sort of, like, club or something. Yeah, for a long time. But, uh, you know. Like, he seems like he was trying to kill him. He was definitely trying to kill him, but, but he, he wasn't in the end. What I question, and I think what should be questioned, is that whole character arc where, like, Anthony Michael Hall so invested in, like, His Edward Scissorhands' yeah. destruction that he takes a gun, goes into this haunted mansion. I'm like, I don't know if I bite. He kind of seems like a whimpering loser yeah. until that point. And then he all of a sudden becomes, like, a homicidal maniac. Also... This Where's... is Tim Burton trying to get revenge for, like, somebody stuffing him in a locker. Oh, definitely. And also, he's admitted it. Oh, wait, and where is his dad keeping that gun that's not in that crazy locked-off room? He probably asked Edward Scissorhands to let him in. <laughs> anyway, he Maybe fucking... Maybe I could just use regular scissors. He, hey! He, he bites it. He goes through a window. Yeah. He gets stabbed. He, the, if, the, if the stabbing didn't kill him, the fall did. Mm-hmm. They're not really concerned. Winona's not like, oh, we should go check on him to make sure maybe he's still alive. We could get him to the hospital. She's like, ah, yeah, let's kiss. No, she tells kiss him. Me. She she tells him like, I love you. Kiss, right kiss, after that kiss, moment. Kiss. <laughs> oh god. <laughs> uh, but that's as yeah. far as it can go, Edward. Okay. You yeah. can't go to second base. Not with those hands. She does say, "I love you." Right and after like, he murders uh, a man. <laughs> <laughs> I think I made I a big to mistake. I stay up here in my castle now because <laughs> I'm like a monster. Yeah. So you – I'm too dangerous for you, baby. I mean it's cool that you have feelings for me. I just – I thought no. I had feelings for you but then uh, – I just killed a guy. Yeah, and, and I'm like boyfriend. literally emotionally I'm like nine years old. So like I, I don't know. I mean really like there should be a warning sign on my 
my head to warn women away. Yeah. I, I, I'm talking as Johnny Depp here. <laughs> <laughs> Just taking off the hands. <laughs> These hands shouldn't touch you either. <laughs> These hands are a metaphor, but these hands also cut. <laughs> oh, no. Oh. So. But this, I mean, the fact that, like, he kills Anthony Michael Hall totally complicates this whole movie. Because, like, I'm fine with, like, oh, yeah, he runs up to the castle and they sort of forget about him and leave leave him alone. Yeah. But he, like, kills a boy, <laughs> a teenage boy, and yeah. then Winona Ryder's like, oh, look, I found his hand, so he's dead now. Look, here's his hand. This is proof he's dead. Ain't no blood on that hand. <laughs> they don't even pick up Track. his body. They just leave it there and, like... Johnny Depp makes like sculptures around it, topiary. <laughs> well, I'm, I, I, you know, is that what happened to to Mr. Price? The same? Is he still a oh. skeleton in that? In that I can't room? believe we didn't even talk about the flashbacks because They're they are so, so unnecessary, <laughs> but so great. They are unnecessary. They do add such a hor- like uh, such a like emotional dimension to it, though, because that scene. Where Price right. has the the cutout cookie heart, oh, and he yeah. sees the robot, and he kind of puts it up against. It's it's perfect visual storytelling. It's really really great. And then at the end, when he's like, "I gave you hands. I have them in my hands." Yeah. And and then oh, he, I love that part where the the things poke through them. He, yeah, first the of all, his eyes. Like, oh, it's so sad. Wonderful Vincent Price's arching eyebrows. He's his, like his yes, last performance. Yes. That's what also makes it so sad. Oh, I know. Is it like he dies on screen and then he dies in real life? Like it's it's it 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 makes you feel like you're seeing one of the greats go, and it's 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 hard to watch. Yeah, it it is like very sentimental, and you're right. It it totally does add that dimension to it, though. Like it's a little bit weird the way that the flashbacks happen. I think I feel like. This and movie like, does that moment where he's like kissing Winona Ryder. He's like thinking about Vincent Price. That's a bit weird, am I right? <laughs> Just thinking about your family every time you're making out with someone. Would they approve? Uh, maybe this is counterproductive. <laughs> I feel like the bookend is unnecessary. I feel like the flashbacks are unnecessary, but I do feel that they add a lot. So. Make maybe that makes them necessary. Yeah, I mean, I think you could probably argue for them. They do. Yeah. They do sort of work. Some of them are a bit clunky. Yeah, I think like the bookends are a bit clunky. Like we do find out that old woman was Winona Ryder. Yeah, and that's where the snow comes from because before it didn't snow, but now up in the mansion, Johnny Depp is still there making ice sculptures. Where does he get this ice? They're in fucking know. California. <laughs> Does he have like a walk-in ice maker? There's like a guy from the 50s that comes up with like the ice and that big hook crane thing that they use. Like, ah, ice delivery for you. <laughs> for, for no one, I'm not going to see you. Uh, and Diane, and, we are like. And you don't pay for it, but I'm just delivering the ice. Why so. Rider's like, I think he's still alive. He still gets ice. <laughs> <laughs> it's so horrible. Why, if she loves him, wait a bit. Then go back up to the fucking mansion. Oh, yeah. Well, she says, like, she tells her granddaughter that she never saw him again, but she thinks he's alive because it never snowed before. And apparently he does enough ice sculptures to make it snow over a whole town or whatever. But really, I think it's because she just can't say that every once in a while she goes up there, 
ties his scissor hands to the bed and just rides them all <laughs> night long. Yeah, it's not scissor dick. <laughs> <laughs> and then, the, and then the little girl is like, "So that's where snow comes from?" She's like, "No, that's where your scissor hands come from." And the little girl goes. <laughs> He's my dad. That would be good. Yeah, that's that's the alternate ending. That would be a good twist. Yeah. Okay. Okay. That's, that's Edward Scissorhands. That's that's the movie of Edward Scissorhands. There's a few things that we should talk about before yeah. we wrap up. Should we talk about adult diapers some more, or is, is it just? Well, I just wanted to give a testimonial. <laughs> Blaine, do you know I just peed myself? <laughs> that's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, Blaine, did it again. Oh, so good. So one of the things is the casting of Johnny Depp. This is the first time that Tim Burton would work with Johnny Depp. Yeah. The first of... Uh, so, so many. Oh, yeah. And, like, it, he is one of those people who works with yeah. some regulars. Sure. Olan Jones, who plays, yeah. like, the Christian-y woman, yeah. is also in Mars Attacks. Winona yeah. Ryder is in Beetlejuice. For sure. Mm-hmm. Yes, his regulars. But Johnny Depp is, is a... Is it's a, too much, it's man. It's a crime. Yeah. Yeah. But this is the first time, and I think it works really well. I think Johnny Depp is good in it. I don't like Johnny Depp. I think he's good in this, though. No, and now, like, we have to, like, preface everything by saying we don't like Johnny Depp. But actually, (laughs) I would say at this point in his life, in his career, he was actually, like, a great actor, very charismatic. He's doing a lot with this role with not a lot to do. And he hasn't yet done The Tourist, so we can forgive him. We can forgive him. Yeah, I think he's done really well. The the other casting, Tom Hanks, was was but he right. did the Bonfire of the Vanities instead, right. which was like a huge misstep. But also, and it Tom, really affected his career. I don't think he was <laughs> in another movie after. Well, that. he's had to like make movies about typewriters and shit. You know? <laughs> and Tom Cruise, all the Toms. Yeah, they all wanted the Toms. The person who really won this role, and both those would have been horrible. Both those yeah. men would have been horrible in this role. Well, Tom Cruise said he wanted a happier ending. Yeah. Well, Which I think is just maybe like she goes back and they fuck every once in a while, right? Yeah, just friends with benefits. That's what I want. Sure. I mean, she has an open relationship with her husband, too. Right. Yes, exactly. Anthony Michael Hall. <laughs> yeah, he came back to life. <laughs> and now they're married. Yeah, the person that really wanted the role and that Tim Burton wouldn't even see an interview... Some some people think that they're uh, you know not a not a great person either, and think that they might have done some bad things in their lives as oh, well. Oh, I know who you're talking about. But I think it would have been perfect. George H. W. Bush, <laughs> controversial. But again, when you're the president, you have to make decisions. Mr. Topiary himself. No, I'm talking snip, about, snip. of course, Michael Jackson oh, really wanted the role, and right. I I could I could definitely see Michael Jackson in this role. Well, I could see him dressed up as the character, but like honestly, can Michael Jackson act? Like, I feel like he act? wouldn't have needed to. I feel like this character is kind of Michael Jackson. It's it's someone who is so far on the outside because they're so famous. There's like that that amazing video online. We can put it on our Twitter or whatever of Michael Jackson like going to the mall for the first time because his friend like cleared it out and hired a bunch of actors to play extras in his own in Michael Jackson's what? life so he could have an experience of being a normal person and he wanted kids around he says for the opportunity of like having his childhood again because he didn't have a childhood yeah like he he was a very yeah and yeah and you know weird dude 
he and was, on the outside, he was a person of, of life. He was a person who had a really tough childhood. Like his yeah. dad abused him and yeah. all of that stuff. And actually, like one thing that I find, I don't find a lot heartwarming. Mm-hmm. I don't like sentiment <laughs> or things. Okay, okay, you don't like things. Good. But I do like when I read that Macaulay Culkin is like a really good god dad to Paris Jackson, whatever. Oh yeah, her kid's name is. Yeah, like. That made me feel good because obviously it meant that Michael Jackson and Macaulay Culkin had like a really good relationship. Yeah. And like he's passed that on. Hopefully. Yeah. 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 You know? Anyway, I think Michael Jackson would have been good casting. I think it would have been. No, it wouldn't have been. I don't know. Yeah, I just you, you know. can you can tell us whether you agree with me or Rob online if you want. Don't uh, agree with Blaine. <laughs> it's not going to work. Hey, out. people were on my side about Fifth Element. No, they weren't. <laughs> anyway, yeah, that's that's the that's the weird casting that this movie could have done. But the other cool thing is that Diane Weiss was the first one to sign on, mm-hmm. and she was a pretty big name actor. Yeah, and so Footloose we talked about a couple weeks ago. Exactly. So great she, mom, great mom. Yeah, and so she got. The ball running. Other other actors signed on because they knew Diane Weiss was on board, right? Which is awesome. So yeah. I think she was like, and Tim Burton credits her as like she was part of the reason this movie got made. So I think we need to tell people whether we think this movie is rewatchable or not, right? Well, I mean, it had been a long time since I rewatched this movie, and a, a, a very long time for me, yeah, like twenty years or something. Mm-hmm. And I think my opinion of. Johnny Depp and Tim Burton has definitely fallen in the years. But I do have a special place in my heart for this movie. And so, you know, I was almost a little bit worried going back that it would be unwatchable. Yeah. Or that it would be, like, really bad. Or worse, that it would be, like, terribly racist or sexist. Yeah. Or, like, just full of toxic masculinity. And there's a little bit of that. A little bit. But I think the fact that it's sort of written by – or scripted, at least, Mm -hmm. by a woman – Probably makes a difference. And I also thought it was interesting because there's the, like, good old Frankenstein parallels. Like, this is essentially a reskin of Frankenstein. And, of course, Frankenstein was written by Mary Shelley, who mm. was a woman. Right. And there's something about maybe she sort of, like, allows Edward Scissorhands to have, like, the right sort of empathy we can mm-hmm. you, like because we sort of end up seeing him through Winona Ryder's lens at the end. Yeah, it sort of keeps him as a good character because, yeah. like, I think he starts out as somebody that we're sympathetic to, and then we realize that he's like kind of actually dangerous. Yeah, and he might hurt people. And Winona Ryder sort of levels out. She's like, yeah, but yeah, he's he's a good per. He has a heart. He's a good person. Yeah. And then he murders someone. But uh, her boyfriend, <laughs> yeah, yeah, her boyfriend. ex-boyfriend. But yeah, it's true. I mean, I think when you bring up Mary Shelley and Carolyn Thompson doing this script, it it is it is interesting that like in Mary Shelley, like there was Dracula, there was all these all these kind of monsters of the of the time. Mister Hyde, Mister Hyde. I don't know if that came out. But she found in the monster something to be sympathetic with or yeah. empathetic with, uh, and some heart. And so did Carolyn Thompson in this movie. So did you think it was rewatchable? Yeah, I thought it was really rewatchable. I'm so glad that I rewatched it. I think that I see it pretty clearly for what it is coming from Tim Burton's perspective. Yeah. And I still think it's a good movie, you know? Yeah. And I think it's like one of his best movies and most original movies. Mm-hmm. So it's totally rewatchable. Yeah. And I, I'm of the same bent. I think it's a great movie and very rewatchable. And there's some stuff that I didn't notice the like the, from what I remember the first time around. I remember this old man in the garage like being like – 
he's a the, the cripple, get the cripple or whatever. Oh yeah. But I didn't remember that that was the guy from the barbecue that said, "Don't let anyone ever tell you you're a cripple." Uh, oh. So there's like a, a lot of stuff that like recur in this movie that's really oh. cool, and that you you totally see the change in people once they have an enemy and once they discover that like their pet isn't going to like play by their rules they they switch on them and that's horrible because i mean it's kind of you could it could be seen as like a metaphor for like some of the sort of toxicity of our current culture you know call out culture yeah like we love celebrities we love them when they seem special when they give us something and then once they say something that we don't like Mm -hmm. or do something that we don't like you know, I'm not talking about something awful, yeah. but like it's we just turn on them once they have an opinion that makes them you right. know, a human being or whatever. a human being. Yeah. Once we realize that they're flawed or whatever, mm-hmm. you know, I'm not talking about a person with scissor hands. That's creepy. <laughs> but <laughs> Well, that's, I also think it's kind of a statement on on tokenism, too, where like you, you have this this person. They're like, oh, he's so unique and so different and so weird. And so we're going to embrace that because he's weird let's encourage him what could ever happen well and certainly he won't become a monster (laughs) no no like johnny Depp. i'm I'm not saying oh my god (laughs) i'm saying that like i'm saying like they look at him as a as a pet as something neat to talk about the kid takes him to show and tell like they don't see him for a person a human being like diane weiss and, and and winona Ryder do or the cop does yeah and so i think that in the end, when the whole town turns on him, it's because he becomes his own person and gets upset and they can't handle that this person is multifaceted, that like a person with this difference can also be mad and upset. Like he's supposed to be an innocent all the time mm-hmm. and supposed to be around them to help them all the time. And, and uh, so, I mean, the real monster is them. Uh, of course. Hey. Yeah. <laughs> but so I think this movie is You're very smart. is very <laughs> is very rewatchable. I encourage you to rewatch it if you haven't. Yeah. Uh, rewatch it in a bit. Yeah. And that's rewatchability for this week. We'll be back next week with another holiday favorite. <laughs> Get your eggnog and yeah. uh, put on Some those hot jingle cocoa. bells. Yeah. <laughs> Somebody's going to be sliding down your chimney. <laughs> Maybe he'll have scissors for hands. <laughs> Someone's going to be scraping down your chimney. <laughs> <laughs> Hello. <laughs> also, be sure to follow us on Facebook and Twitter and like us on Apple Tunes. Yeah, you can go to the Apple Podcast and like us there. And leave a review. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.